Today on Rogue Padron, a different kind of Kessel Run, new friends, a trip to Derekot's lab, a wedding, and a mission. This is Rogue Leader, all wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. It was a, a Sulston wedding. wedding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I was, I was very excited about that. Yeah. I read that chapter uh, in like an auto shop this morning. So, that yeah, was my I don't think I remember, remember the wedding. It's very brief. It's it hilarious. Is. It's just like though. mentioned. It just sounded like a good title. We learned a lot about Sulston culture, actually. So we'll talk we sure about did. it. Yeah, Danny, I'm sure has stuff to say about it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Rogue Padron. Quick reminder of your hosts, and in case anybody missed it, it was the Super Bowl on Sunday. And so if we were all Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> uh, Heath would be the, obviously, Captain America Civil War teaser. Yeah. Because yeah. there wasn't enough of it, for sure. Oh, it was too. Sh- it was so short. I'm so mad about it. Too short. Danny would be the Heinz ketchup commercial with the people dressed up as hot dogs and the dachshunds running toward them. Because I yes. feel like that would actually happen in one of his nature classes. <laughs> yes, it would. I can say for the record that I've never dressed up like a hot dog in any of my nature classes. Well, Harrison yet. Ford's done it. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> That's true. Saf would be the Doritos commercial where the dogs try to sneak in the grocery store to get Doritos because there's nothing Saf won't do for enchiladas. It's it's so true. I would dress up as a dog to get an enchilada. Good. And Meg, Rogue Leader, I would be the Kevin Hart Hyundai commercial because yes. I don't let <laughs> go down on my watch. Yep. Yes. Yep. yes. <laughs> wow, those were such topical intros, Meg. <laughs> and they were so accurate. <laughs> so on point. And I don't get any of them. <laughs> you could just watch the commercials. I guess I'll have to look them up after this. Uh, besides the Cap trailer, they're all, like, if you just look up Super Bowl commercials 2016, it's, like, in the first article about the top five Super Bowl commercials. Excellent. The only one I saw so. was the creepy, creepy, uh, what is it, like, giraffe, horse, dog, kid, baby thing? <laughs> oh! Oh, uh, baby, wow. baby, baby monkey, monkey dog. dog. Yeah. yeah. So, so Meg, when you first started talking about Doritos, I thought you were going to make Saf that commercial because that was also a Doritos commercial. And oh, I was like, no, oh, no, Meg, no, no. I imagine that's the kind of thing that Derricote is doing in his lab, but it I is, get ahead yeah. of myself. Rogue One, um, where's our trailer? We are entitled fans of this fandom and we demand a trailer now. Where is it? I also wanted a trailer. I was waiting. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, I did mean, you... Not because, like, I had in- inside info or anything. Okay, I was like... Mm. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that many sources, okay? <laughs> I don't know, you work for making Star Wars. Yeah, okay, that that's true, but Staff, I... Yeah. you're like the Corsac of Star Wars fandom. <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> can you? That's why, you always, that's why you're always Corrin for our dramatic readings. Oh, uh, I... Yeah, okay. Like, I will accept that. 
<laughs> no, I don't know. It just feels like um, it wasn't the right time for it to come out, I guess. Because, like, Civil War was going to kind of have its hype then as well. And I don't think they really wanted to intrude on that hype as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will come out um, soon. <laughs> that's all I can say. It'll be out in time for the, the Force Awakens Blu-ray. And that's April, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw someone t- on Twitter today, I think it was Brian Young, say it would be a brilliant marketing move for them to release the trailer like towards the tail end of TFA being in theaters and attach it to TFA. See it again? Oh, man. Get them to the three billion mark? Yeah, I'd be happy about that. That would work for me. I, I would definitely go see it again for the Rogue One t- trailer. Yeah. Although, same. honestly, I, part of me feels like they need to just not attach it to anything TFA-related, re- even the Blu-ray. Because peop- casual fans are going to get so confused about whether or not it's the next movie. Yeah, that's and, what like, I'm kind of worried about. If you lump something like that in like on the TFA Blu-ray, well, people will be like, oh, that's the next movie, and just be like super confused. I think they need to... like. Put out the Blu-ray in April, then like late April or early May, like right before Civil War comes out, maybe drop the teaser and just like separate it completely from all things TFA related. I think that yeah might be largely what they're trying to do and why we haven't gotten much um, Rogue One hype so far. Yeah, because there's still the TFA hype. Yeah, while TFA is still having its run in theaters, it makes so much sense for them to like not talk about Rogue One too much just yet because. Play cool. Like no, no matter what they do, there's going to be some confused people. <laughs> so, mm. as much as they can avoid that, they should certainly do so. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think. Um, I mean, that was another question I was going to maybe have another week, but that we're kind of there now. Is you know what are they going to do to avoid that confusion? And I think any way they can separate it from TFA and just let TFA run its course, let the Blu-ray come out, and then start talking about Rogue One as a separate entity. Um, it makes the most yep. sense, just like you said. Yeah, and I mean they need they need to figure out a way to do that because they're going to have to do it every year now, right? Like, how are they going to like figure out marketing episode eight right as like Rogue One is hitting theaters in December? Because we got the first teaser for TFA a little more than a year out, but that's going to be like right before. Rogue One comes out for Episode Eight, so like I don't think we will get that for Episode Eight. But like, it's kind of a marketing mess in a lot of ways. But I, I'm confident they have a lot of smart people who can figure it out. The team did pretty well for The Force Awakens, I think. So I feel like they've got the right team for the marketing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's going to be a very different approach. Um, yeah. because I mean, it's such a different beast. Like it's still Star Wars, but it's really, it's not the first Star Wars movie in blah, blah, blah years. And it's not the first Star Wars movie of a trilogy. Like right. it's very different from like what they had to do to get TFA like generated. In we were very lot, spoiled for TFA. I know. Absolutely. I was just going to say in a lot of ways, ways I wish they had never done that first teaser back in Thanksgiving mm. more than, more than a year before TFA came out because it, a, spoiled fans in the lead-up to TFA were, like, we were expecting a trailer in, like, July, like, a full trailer, and it's like, no, that's not going to happen, just because <laughs> we had a works. teaser back in, no, no, it's just, like, not 
how marketing anything works. It's also just not how film works. Like they don't no. have that much done. Uh, right. <laughs> so like we since we got a teaser in November, everyone was assuming like the whole timeline for everything was going to be pushed forward a few months and like not no, it's not. They just like gave us a very brief teaser because they wanted to. Yeah, I mean uh, that was nothing. Like Right. So like that was bad and that it sort of raised expectations for TFA, but I feel like now people are expecting the same thing for all the other films, and they just—it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Well, and hopefully, as every year, they're they, not going to step on the marketing for the film that's about to come out with a teaser for the one that's coming out the next year. It's just not going to happen. Well, and that teaser was big because it was the first Star Wars movie in ten years. It was their big comeback, and hopefully, as we right. settle into the routine of a movie a year, fans will become less ravenous and a little more realistic about their expectations regarding, you know, the timeline of these things. Yeah. You want Star Wars fans to be realistic? We don't want to give a realistic. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to start right here with our listener base. We charge you all. Mm. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay, Danny. So anyway, Bothans are the worst, right? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So anyway... <laughs> Today on Rogue Pajin, we'll be discussing chapters 10 through 13. So why don't we just jump into it, since there's a lot of good stuff in these few chapters. So we start off with the rogues heading to Kessel. And it's great because they kind of just skip the part where they actually fly to Kessel, and they're just there. And (laughs) they successfully land on Kessel's moon. Um, by they, I mean Wedge, Corrin, Noir Ven, and then Page and his, Lieutenant Page and his commandos. So, Wedge had a hollow discussion with Morth Duel, who runs Kessel. Um, but because he's a drug user, he's super paranoid. And it's so good. So things good. didn't go as well as they hoped. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's just straight up dealing with a junkie. It's so yeah. good. Because they explain, like, the the spice a little bit more, where, yeah. like, the the really watered-down version just kind of gives you euphoria. But, like, the really strong stuff, the Glitter Stim, if you use it, which, what a cool drug name, Glitter Stim. Um, right. <laughs> if you use it, it also gives you, like, paranoid delusion. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. He's totally going to be, like, great to work with during this an, trip. <laughs> an awesome person to negotiate the transfer of prisoners with. Yay! <laughs> so, this is Kessel. Welcome to Lujane's homeworld. <laughs> Speaking of Lujane, the first thing she that the rogues dead. do after they speak... Rude! <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that the rogues do, like, once they they kind of get settled and, like, make a little tent, um, is that they meet with Lujane's parents. And Wedge, you know, gives his condolences, but he also asks them there to see if, one, they wanted to leave Kessel because they are welcome to leave with them, um, or, and also to find out information on the people on their, like, good and bad lists and to see if there's any other people um, there who they should, like, try to take with them. And... Her parents seem like super solid, great folk. Like, they're committed to staying on Kessel. Um, you know, they're teachers, and they want to show that not everybody who comes from Kessel is a bad person. So, there's some feelings. They want to help as uh, I can. I like them. Yeah. They're, they're I good. I was confused about the whole, like, oh, do you want to leave Kessel thing? It's like, what? What? 
what's keeping them there? If they like, wouldn't they have been able to just leave if they wanted to? Well, I don't know if they have a spaceship. Maybe, maybe Lou Jane um, took a spaceship. Yeah, transportation <laughs> could be an issue. I yeah. guess because like. Lujan took the family X-wing like being into the held squadron. prisoner or something. And well, now you can't they, like, imagine that that they're supposed to have like a lot of working vehicles on Kessel. Like, yeah. I think there's an inherent danger in that um, because like someone would always be trying to take it, like escape and take it. So, like, they may have just been dropped off on a transport long, long ago, and somehow like arranged for Lujane to, like, get off-world or had, like, a personal, like, a single flyer or, like, personal ship or something that they use that Lujane took with her. Yeah, that's so gonna be my is... canon, that it's transportation issues. Yeah. Kessel is basically, like, 1780s Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me Lujane is Australian? Yes. <laughs> She's you! Well, again, like, Excuse did her parents, me. did they, do we know why they originally <laughs> went there? I'm ignoring what? Heath's blatant xenophobia and just moving onwards. <laughs> are are they? Um, did did we explain why they like they just wanted to go there to do good? Yeah, like or yeah. like yeah. They their ancestors are from Kessel. Like what? How'd they end up there? I guess is what I'm wondering. They, I think. Well, I think it seems that her father at least went there to teach criminals how to yeah. re-enter the real world once they leave Kessel. And I don't know about the mother, because it's like, it seemed like it, she it said sounds that like she got sent, sent there, there involuntarily, yeah. and then ended up falling in love with him and decided to stay there, maybe. And, so, and she seems not happy to still be there. Yeah. A little bit. So so Dad's basically like a Peace Corps volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. But like, in love with it, so he's gonna do it forever no matter what. Got it. Because yeah. he's and doing he good like, work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... Thanks, Dad. Um, so they kind of shy around the way that, you know, that there's a, maybe another family member. Um, there's obviously some tension there um, that we, we do not supposed to know about until the very end of the chapter. And so Wedge, you know, talks to Duel again, and um, he slams down their first little trade agreement. Uh, which is fine. He's kind of like Duel's second-in-command now. But right off the bat, Duel wants to trade Zekathine, the guy that Corrin's like, we should not take him, away. And because they can kind of get a lot for it because of how desperate he is, he agrees to trade ten Solstons and five Bothans, who are all, like, um, political prisoners, in order for them to also take Zekathine. And... There's another condition, is that Thine has a plus one that has to go with him, his cutter, who is described as an aide, a drug mixer, and also lover. Excellent. Relationship goals. Probably a hardened (laughs) criminal from a very terrible family. (laughs) Right. And of course we find out that his cutter is Inyiri Forge, Lujane's sister. No! Another Forge! End of the chapter! That was a good chapter. Seth, was this your favorite chapter yet? I think so, yes. I was so excited by it. Like, because I remember reading um her name in the the bit at the start. I forgot what it was called. Um, mm, and be like, oh my god, persona. it's a forge. That's it. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for knowing the words I don't. Um, And I remember getting 
excited about that. And when we saw the Forges and they talked about the fact they have more family, like, on Kessel, and I was like, ooh, ooh, is she going to come in? And then they mentioned her name earlier, and I was like, yes, this is happening. Yeah. This yeah, is basically, just, As like, I was reading it, I was like, oh, Seth, she's going to be so happy. Yeah. This, I mean, this is zombie Lou Jane, just like you asked for. Except it's more like evil twin Lou Jane. I'm okay she with that. She has zombie Padme, so... That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I oh my god! That. You have a yeah, lot of requests really for zombies. zombies I just want the la- <laughs> like. Why do all the ladies have to die? I don't. I wouldn't need zombies then. Because how else will the you men be motivated to do good things, Sav? <laughs> yeah. What What else will the men be angry about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're so right, <laughs> dudes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so in the next chapter, which takes off right from that one left, um. You know, Wedge asks the Forges what they want to do about this because he won't force um, Inyiri to go with them. Wait. And so the Forges... Yeah. Is, isn't a Forge, like... It's a place where things are made, right? Like, isn't it a blacksmith yes. shop? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they do on Kessel? No, they're mining. It's not related at all. Never mind. Uh, Yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, I'll stop worrying about it. That would have been cool, though. <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> so the mother wants Wedge to split them up, like on any means necessary, because you know it. He's obviously bad for her, um, but the father believes that Inyiri has the freedom to make her own choices, even though they're awful. Um, so that's parenting, I guess. I mean, I respect <laughs> that, but also this is a bad choice. That's a real bad choice. It's yeah. a super bad choice. It's such a bad choice. From a certain point of view. Danny. Danny. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, they did a kind of... And Corin had a little like monologue about thinking about organized crime and Black Sun again. But the interesting part from that was that his dad, Hal Horn, Hal Horn. Um, thought that organized crime... <laughs> Hell. <laughs> um kind of thought that organized crime became worse after rebellion like succeeded in some battles because it showed that, that people could go against the empire and win and it wasn't like all powerful and you know they could also carve out their little slice which i thought was i mean it's kind of similar to what they're trying to do now where they're having two fronts attack the empire but it's also kind of bad that like the rebels who were you know, a symbol of good and justice also inspired organized crime to really do their job. <laughs> Desperate times, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, are the organized criminals all bad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of breathing life back into Black Sun, who were not good. Oh. Yeah. Life in Star and Wars so is still black Vera and white. Hutt? Black Sun was in Clone Wars, no? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that a little true? bit. Okay. And also, um, rescue mission there. Kitsu Ono, if that's her name, um, Sabine's old friend was part of Black Sun. Yeah. The one voiced by Zoe from Firefly. Yes. Um, yeah. Was that a recent one. Was that a recent Rebels episode? Uh, Rebels uh, that's about recent. four episodes, four or five episodes ago. Yeah, yeah that's I'm, it. I'm so far behind, I haven't seen that one. She's a cool Star Wars fans. fans. I think Black Sun is in a lot yes. of EU stuff too, isn't it, Meg? It is. Yeah. Like I know yeah, the, the Falleen have a big role in a lot of the books that I haven't read. Yeah, 
I mean, they're kind of like how we refer to the mob, and like they're the mob. Yeah. Um, Are they the huts? The huts are different, right? Yeah, like when you think about organized crime, I guess like in the earth sense, you really think about like Italian mobsters, Irish mobsters, and like the yakuza. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like kind of the same kind of narrow scope for Star Wars, where like you see Black Sun and you see the huts. And, like, those are the two organized crime families, basically. Okay, got it. Yeah. And are there any species so in sure Black Sun more... besides the Falleen? Or is it just, like, all one species versus all another species? Yeah, Black Sun's quite diverse, I think. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. That's good. Like, a lot of the heads are Falleen, um, but a lot of their goons are not. It's because Falleen are good at manipulating people. Right. Yeah. Well, and because I guess of their pheromones. Java yeah. has quite a diverse cartel of folks yeah, working yeah. for him too so anyway yeah not quite as like not quite like the mobs here which are all like kind of one ethnicity one race kind sure. of thing um so all see, bad dudes the organized criminals in the yeah. star wars universe do have some redeeming qualities yeah so diverse yay <laughs> <laughs> yay diversity <laughs> <laughs> so Thine gets brought in, Zekka Thine, Patches, gets brought in with Inyeri, and Corin and Zekka are already, like, not off to a good start. Um, they basically just keep making low blows at each other until, I think, Wedge tells them to stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> what else do you do when you're Corin whore? <laughs> Dudes! Yeah. Typical yeah. Corin. He's the master of low so, blows. We f- yeah. We find out that each criminal is going to be given a list of tasks to complete at their destination, which they don't know is Coruscant, um, until they actually get there. And then it's going to be really obvious that it's Coruscant. (laughs) (laughs) So if they don't do them, or if they run away, they will be hunted down and brought back to Kessel, or just murdered, whatever. (laughs) Sure. Whichever comes first, or is easier. Whichever comes I guess. And, like, Corin makes a point of being like, I'd probably just murder him. <laughs> so, thanks, Corin. Because Corin. Uh, real nice, real nice dude. Corin right. has no chill. No. <laughs> no, Corin has zero chill. He has negative chill. <laughs> he takes all the chill and turns it to not chill. <laughs> That's Corin. So... And Yuri, you know, Wedge is like, hey, you don't have to go with him. We can just take you somewhere else or you can stay here. But she's like super bitter about Lujane dying, which I get. Lujane was probably like her only friend on Castle. And to like lose her because she left voluntarily and then lose her because she died was probably like double hard blows for her. Uh-huh. Um and so she's determined to go with Patches, even though it's a terrible idea. Important like, side note. She doesn't even say goodbye to her parents. She is not described as slender. She's described as trim. Yeah, I highlighted that, and I was still <laughs> mad. <laughs> still mad. She's, yeah. she's on, like, a prison planet. She has to be trim. Ugh. Trim. It implies she works out, I guess. Oh my god. <laughs> I do like that. It's kind of cute that she has like a matching blue patch in her hair to match patches. Right. Like in a really distressing way, it's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> like abusive kind of way. Yeah. I'm, wor- I'm worried about it, but it's cute. 
<laughs> yeah, I keep thinking of, like, Knives from um, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, if this was a really healthy relationship and they had and she had matching hair, it'd be super cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In an alternate universe. In an alternate universe where Patches was in Corsac, it'd be adorable. Yay! We're creating too many alternate universes here. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's what I do. It's true. Um, so she leaves, you know, without really saying anything to her parents, and everyone's sad for a minute. Um, but then it passes, and in the end, they <laughs> manage to free 150 political prisoners, which is way more than the list that Borsk gave them. And they took 16 out of 17 criminals that the Bothan asked for. So pretty good. They just had the one denied at the beginning. So the fact that they got more political prisoners than Fela told them they could is yeah. once again a sign of his incompetence somehow, right? Well, Force <laughs> only wanted Bothan political prisoners freed. Right. So that's right. And Wedge, really Wedge is like, when we get there, we're going to get so many more. Yeah. And Wedge gets what because he wants. There were, there's a lot of not Bothans. Um, but the, the thing is, he never really Bothans. needs to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he never really needs to know about it because, like, they're all secretly shipped off to other places. So you can just not record those. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Whatever Wedge feels like doing. <laughs> um, Good politics, Wedge. Yeah. So he is playing politics, just not quite the way that everyone else is. Um, so they found someone on Kessel who could potentially help keep Zekka um, on track, and that is Moff Fleary Voru. Oh my god, these names. <laughs> yeah, I know, so fancy. Like, he sounds like a grandma, right? Yes. So fancy. So Voru, oh you yeah. fancy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he definitely raises his fin- pinky finger when drinking his tea. <laughs> you so fancy, Moff. <laughs> I really want to so go that's to like a traditional English tea with you guys now. Oh, oh my no. gosh, can we? Oh Can we all come up with disaster. fancy moth names? <laughs> so we would be a disaster. It would Spontaneous so listener question of the week. What would be your fancy moth name be when you're drinking your fancy moth tea? <laughs> <laughs> fancy moth names. So, um, Voru used to run the Karelian sector um, for the Empire. And he allowed smuggling to happen, which is kind of how it got its, like, bad reputation. Um, and so he's, like, the father of all smugglers. And so he probably has, like, a pretty good standing with, like, everybody. Um, the emperor thought of him as something of a rival. And so Prince Caesar, the head of Black Sun, betrayed Voru to the emperor. But he wasn't murdered because he was too valuable, so he was just allowed to live and sent to Kessel to rot, which is fine, I guess. But um, Voru says that he can keep in check the people who are around Patches, which is as good as it's going to get. And he also figured out that they were going to Coruscant for... He's probably smart enough to figure that out. And while Wedge looks aghast... um, 
Boru says it should they should be happy that he figured it out because if he couldn't, then he would not be the person that they needed to actually help them. Which uh-huh. pretty good old man. He's got away with Was words. He trip? I'm liking him so far. He seems like he'd be an interesting character. He's he's definitely interesting. He's just very smart. He's very clever. Mm. Um, and like actually clever, not how Lore thinks he's clever. Right. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Um. Because you don't you don't become like the head of the Krillian sector and like not be smart. He seems like so, someone to watch out for. Like if they're not careful, he could somehow end up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like on their bad side, and that's not someone you want yeah. on their bad side. Yeah, like they him can't and Isard would be a probably. terrifying team up. Yep. Danny, you're so smart. Did I just predict um, books three through ten? It's a pretty good prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but okay. he's definitely someone you cannot like just let do his business. Right. Even if he says he's working for you, he ain't working for you. He's working for Voru. So in the Next chapter, we go back to Imperial Center, and I kind of skipped ahead in this in the last mission um, and talked about what you find out here. I read them both at once. I was on a plane, um, so That's we're okay. back it with Lore. Still terrifying to read. Yeah, we'll just talk about it more. Yeah. <laughs> so the Spy and Rogue Squadron tipped Lore off that they were inserting criminals from Kessel back into Coruscant. Um, so great plan, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they really need to get rid of who yeah, this person is. Yeah. Like they need to find them. It's yeah. M Tray. It's not M Tray. No, M Tray is the unwilling <laughs> lackey. Seems safe by Tycho. Uh, Are you saying Tycho's wrong, Heath? It's Tycho. No, shut up. You <laughs> shut your dirty it's mouth. Arisi. Is that her name? Is she Ar- no Arisi? But she loves Corin so much. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she can't be a spy. I don't know. She doesn't seem to have a strong enough grasp on her own emotions to be able to keep a cool head. It could just be a good act. Throwing it's Gavin. Out. It's Gavin. Uh, it's not Gavin. Stop. <laughs> it's Rysati Ear. No. Yeah, it's got to be. Who else would it be? Oh it's not the Gan. It'll be a Reese. It's going to be a Reese. All right. We're going to start oral, taking bets on this. Oral, don't. Please don't it's be It's probably oral. none of the non-humans, TBH. Oh, that's true, actually. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I was going to say it's the Wolfman, because he's bad, but also... It's definitely not the Wolfman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Him and Gavin are too much besties. That can't happen. So cute. Oh, he'd feel so betrayed if it was Gavin. Oh. He would kill himself. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he would. Whoa. You don't betray just events. Shit just got dark on Rogue Pod. Saf, I feel very strongly that either you or me are, are correct. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm good with this. Okay, great. What are your predictions again? I think Arisi. I think Rosati. I think you're so wrong. It's the 80s. I think well, you're so Saf. Don't trust ladies. Exactly. Yeah, we are sneaky. Why, would, why else would a lady want to be in Rogue Squadron? Oh, wow. Ladies can't fly. <laughs> Certainly no. not. I mean, Arisi's <laughs> clearly just there for Corrin's <laughs> And Rosati, I don't even know. <laughs> she's actually a spy. Rosati's there for the two brain tails. Oh, you're oh right, yeah. the brain tails. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. 
Look, they're all there for corn. As soon as it becomes obvious that they can't all have corns, <laughs> them start spying. <laughs> okay, I'm beginning to think that Derricott's lab is less terrifying than this conversation, so... Woo! <laughs> 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 Okay, well, let's go to the lab anyway. Woo! Um, and although the criminals are something that Lord needs to worry about, he is more focused on the Schadenfreude from having Corin free criminals, especially ones he put away. So, good job, Lord. Can we talk about that word? Schadenfreude? Yeah. It's German. It means happiness at the misfortune of others. Is that how you say it? Yes. Oh my god. Wow, that's such a good vocabulary. Did you just put that in there, Meg, or was that in the book? No, I just put it in there. I'm so impressed right now. Have you never encountered that word before, Danny? I don't think so. Whoa, I see it written down, but I... definitely encountered that word before. You must have. Okay. There's a song in the Avenue Cube musical called Schadenfreude. Oh, yeah. Yes. But yes, so basically, it's a better description (laughs) than actually saying, (laughs) like... That awkward silence is the sound of everyone realizing that Danny is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i was at um the puppy bowl party i was at and like there was a group of like six of us and matt our assistant producer on far far away radio he was the only like we talked about how one of my friends was like oh yeah i had a food dream last night blah 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 and matt was like oh food dream that's so weird to have a dream about food and everybody else had had a food dream (laughs) except for him oh no so awkward (laughs) oh that's so awkward when that happens (laughs) we're all just like looked at him and stopped talking and we're like uh like every dream i have is a food dream i'm not gonna lie (laughs) Right. I dream. I dream about eating like cake all the time. Yeah, we're I getting like, don't... super tangential here, but I'm really excited because I had a lucid dream for the first time in, like a year last night, and that was super rad. Yeah, did it involve oh. food? No, oh. it involved me. It. I mean, this is how lame I am. I was like, <laughs> I think this is a lucid dream, and I want to go outside and fly, but I should probably put a sweatshirt on first, and then I put on a sweatshirt, <laughs> and then I woke up. <laughs> Oh, that's so Danny. You didn't even get to fly. You spent all your time putting a sweater on. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Danny. Oh, my gosh. So back in Imperial Center, Floor <laughs> is still terrified of Corin. Um, because Corin is A-OK with committing violence. He's cunning and relentless. And so now that Corn is motivated to track down Lore for Gil Bastra's death, he's especially kind of freaking out about it. So, yeah, Lore, your life is great. <laughs> and he meets up with Derricott, and Derricott shows him the wonders of his disease. And. <laughs> that sounds so, so gross. <laughs> 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 Let me show you the wonders of my disease. Oh. <laughs> it melts bones. Um, do you remember how I dressed up like a mad scientist for Halloween? Yes. That's yeah. how I'm picturing Derricott in these scenes. Yeah. <laughs> like that, but Derricott is described as being very, very large. That is, that, that he does like throwing that in there. He's short and rotund. He kind of reminds me of the the bad guy from Sonic, I guess. Oh my god, Eggman. Yeah. <laughs> Eggman. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I imagine him. This but dressed whole, up like, like Danny. 
This whole like biological terrorism plot point is totally unexpected. Yes. I was like I was not expecting these books to go in this direction at all. Yeah, same. Well, like, now, I because in the like the last book, they had like a little bit about like him doing experiments and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, is he trying to manufacture like better pilots or something?" But I was so right. wrong, <laughs> so, so wrong. wrong. Yeah, and like it, I'm very happy about it because I think eventually will mean like it's not just like random space battles all the time. Now there's like this new added element. Which well, and I was going to say the fact that we now know it's called Kratos, and I think that's interesting because the next book is called The Kratos Trap, and the then the Kratos one after that trap. is The Back to yeah. War. So it's interesting that we know that this stuff is clearly going to have big implications going forward, and it's cool that it's yeah. more than just pew-pew um, for, our, for our plots for the next couple books. You know, I looked at, um, I went to my friend's house the other day, and he's he's reading the books as well, um, along with us. And is it the I Blue looked Gawel? on the shelf and saw, it is the Blue Gawel. Yes. Beluga creature. <laughs> he lives. He lives yeah, in giant blue tank. whale. But um, he had one of the books on the shelf, and I was like, "Oh, an X-wing book!" So I went over and looked, and it was the Kratos trap. Um, and I haven't actually looked at any of the names for any other books, and I looked, at it, I was like, "That's a weird name." Okay, and then I just completely <laughs> forgot. And then I read, I read it today, and totally didn't. It didn't click until you just said it, Danny. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how bad I am at putting things together. Mind blown. It's amazing. Um, I have redeemed my yeah. intellectual status. <laughs> Don't I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Just kidding, Danny. Anyway, Meg, were you saying something so, like an hour and a half ago? Yeah. So the disease that they're working on um, can be cured by Bacta. However. The farther along the disease is, the more Bacta is required to treat it. And so, unless it's caught early, it's going to take more Bacta than, like, what people have access to or can afford in order to treat it. Um, so, especially because this is specifically targeting, like, non-humans and with the way that Coruscant, that Imperial Center is set up, non-humans probably don't have very good access to medical care. And so if they don't catch it right off the bat, they're pretty much going to die. There is no way that they're going to be able to afford it, either back to off the black market, um, or that they'll just be able to like find it and have medical coverage somehow. So, unfortunately, it's pretty ruthless, even though it can be cured. Um, that's such a dumb move. Wait, am I am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. That's a dumb move. You're allowed to say Anything. everything you want because I have the chopper button. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Danny. Thank you. Um. So, and like, even when the disease in its final stages, and remember, it only takes a week long for it to actually kill you. Um, Bacta can keep people alive, but they'll probably need replacement. Um, cybernetic organs for everything that's been trashed. This does not so, sound like a fun time. Like I'm just not, gonna, I'm gonna put out this. This does not sound like a party. She it says is. right before we enter a lab full of Gamorians with boils bursting all over their bodies. Oh man, not <laughs> a party. It is definitely not a party. Yeah. <laughs> so I described this 
preemptively last week um, that the Gamorrean test subjects have gross boils. They're totally out of their mind. They're banging up against walls, just slamming into things. Well, and this was, was, again, straight out of a horror movie because the way he described it, he's like walking down the hallway and Derek was like, in this first room, you see the ones that are just a weekend and they're just like, they look kind of pale. And Laura's yeah. like, oh, that's not so bad. And then they get progressively worse to the point where they're, like, running around, banging their heads on walls, like, random limbs exploding with pus and boils. and ugh. Blood everywhere. Yeah, blood everywhere. Yeah. Black blood everywhere. <laughs> it's really fucked up. It's so and, rank. Yeah, and then they talk about the Quarrens, whose bones liquefy when <laughs> they're right. exposed. They oh, just... that makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> so... Thanks, Derricot. <laughs> and it's just, it's an all around, like, it's vicious. It's a vicious, vicious thing that he's created. Um, and he decided to name it Kratos. It is all around not a party. No. Yep. And you remember how last week I was worried that the Ithorians were next? Yep. Yeah, I was wrong. You were. I was. No. But they're targeting a different and equally lovable and peaceful species next. So they are lowering the incubation oh, periods. Talk about that? Yeah. So oh, okay. it's a month. It was a month. Um, but now they're getting it a little bit less. But the course of the virus is still going to be a week long. Um and Derek and like Lore is trying not to throw up right now. Like he is so done with this. Yeah, he is not happy about any of this. Not what Imperial intelligence does. And Derricot ends the chapter by saying, the rebels are coming here to take the center of the Empire. What they will get is a world of death, and they will be powerless to save it. Thumbs up. Damn. So, wonder why book three is called The Kratos Trap. Hmm. The other thing I was saying is that they're talking about going to Kashyyyk next. They want to get the Wookiees in on this. Yep. But they won't, yep. because they want, like, because he was pointing out that they would potentially want to use them as slaves again, which, I mean, isn't bitter. But also, no, means they so want to do they be alive? Yeah. And have solid bones? Yay. <laughs> so they're talking about doing the, the Mon Calamari next or something, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be really easy to switch the Quarren over to the Mon Cal. Because, um, like, Derricot wants to make a specific disease for, like, each species. Whereas, like, Lore is like, why can't you just make a general one that'll affect, like, the most things? Um... But as we said before, that would make it more susceptible for humans. So we don't know how that's really going to pan out yet. So they're trying like different, um, like one of different kind of subsets and then seeing if they can spread it among like that kind of family group. So they'll probably try for something a little more mammalian next. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh's right. So, so I'm still worried about the Ithorians then. Not Ewoks, shut your mouth. <laughs> Ewoks don't really have a population on Coruscant, so... Can we, like, assume that, like, I don't know, like, Twi'lek will be safe because they're, like, a similar... Like, they're near human somewhat? No, we oh, cannot. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not happy. Basically, no at, at this point in time, assume that no non-human is safe. Not the Pentorans. No, it's fine. The Pentorans aren't in, in the universe yet. We're good. Yeah, we're fine. Pantorans were like, I'm out after the Clone Wars. <laughs> That's kind of sad for the Pantorans. Nah, the universe turned to <laughs> shit. So, back on a happy note. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs>
back on um, Noquavisor, the rebel base, um, Mirax shows up, and Mirax was helping with the transportation of the political prisoners, and Cue so she the took like a romance huge... music. Yeah, so she took a huge group of the Solstons home, and remember, her co-pilot is also Solston. Um, and they were so happy, and she was so annoyed the whole time. She sounds because... like like a, like a bus driver having to drive a whole lot of kids or something. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. Because they're all like so happy to like be free and like see the galaxy and see their homes again. And like her co-pilot got cut up in all of it, rather than like help her fly. And they have a pretty like high pitched kind of squeaky voice, and especially in their own language. Um, so she was just like that 24 seven and her co-pilot got married to somebody on one of the refugees on the ship. So good. Mazel tov. Yay. (laughs) I like how she just doesn't understand what's going on. She's like, I think, I think there was a wedding. I don't, I don't really know. I can't (laughs) fight with these guys. Yeah. They were just happy. We're going to leave it at that. Hopefully my co-pilot shows back up. They're such a good natured species. They really are. They're either like very happy and excited or just like down to business helpful. Yeah. I like how they sound when they talk. They got a good voice. They're really cute. Yeah. And one thing to note is that both Corrin and Mirax referred to all the bad guys as Rancor bait. So they're probably OTP. Gay. (laughs) That's that's not gay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Rancor bait? (laughs) Yeah. Which Rancors are great, so I do highly recommend feeding them. And Corrin, like, Mirax is like, how you doing, bro? Because you just had to do something really terrible. And he's starting to have second thoughts about releasing all of those criminals. He understands why and that it was an order, but he's tempted to hunt them all down and take them back to Kessel. Um, but he's busy, so he can't. Corrin's entire life is just a circle. It totally is. <laughs> hunt he, criminals, he take them to Kessel, release them, hunt them down again. <laughs> yep. Corin, you're not making any progress. Um, so then there's this weird paragraph about Corin's feelings about Mirax. Um, yep. <laughs> and he's like, he likes her, but he doesn't like like her, he thinks. Uh, he's waffling about his feelings. But he, he because... could like like her. Yeah, but he could. He doesn't want to let himself like like her, though. Because yeah. he thinks he's... that it's lust and not love, and he doesn't want to dis- differentiate the two right now. Right. And he's emotionally he he adrift. Could... Oh, yeah. Best oh, yeah. part of the, that like sentence that. was... It's like the most bro thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ever since his dad died, he's yep. been emotionally adrift. It's because of daddy issues. Dude, I think I like her, but I don't know if I like like her, bro. I totally get what it's you like, mean. Like I do, I do. I mean, I'll <laughs> give him at least kudos to the fact that like he knows that he could let himself like fall for her. Mm-hmm. But um, he like he's like I won't because it's a bad idea right now. Like he recognizes he's got those emotional issues, so he doesn't go into it. Which is, I mean, at least he's learning, I guess. Yeah, he's like, trying. I- I appreciate his self-awareness, but his inner dialogues don't match what he's doing on the outside all the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, because he's still, like, super flirty, playing it off cool when, like... Or that the fact that he just needs to say something to somebody and be like, Hey, 
I really like you, but I'm not in a place to be like romantic with anybody right now. But he can't because he's a dude and he's a bro. That would be the smart thing to do, but you know he's not the smartest dude. Corin doesn't do the smart thing. <laughs> he does the cool thing. Just the cool thing. <laughs> no. Um. So thankfully, <laughs> we don't have to deal with that super long. Um. Because of because a high pitched squeal. What? Sorry. Oh. When Oral comes back, it says that he gave a high pitched squeal, and I thought that was really cute. Oh, yeah. oh, it's me! Yep. Oral. So, Oral's back, and his arm is growing! Yay! So, his real, like, a new real arm, rather than, like, his weirdo fake arm. Um, so he'll be able to pilot again. And he sent to fetch Corin for official business to see Wedge. Um, so, Corin has to, like bail out on his meal date with Mirax, but Mirax is like, I'll go with Oral instead, and he'll tell me all your secrets, lol. Um, and Oral they, looks super uncomfortable. Oral hates it. They're Oral just totally acting like a couple here. here. Oral hates all of it. Yeah, They are acting very couple at the moment, and it's kind of adorable. Like, he does not want to go like, against I'll the I'll go with pepper. you, teehee. And Oral's like, nope, just Corrin. And Corrin's like, that's alright, babe. I got this. And she's right. like, teehee, I'll go with the gand. He'll tell me all your secrets. Teehee. And Corrin's like, no, he won't. Teehee. And then he goes away. Yeah, Oral is so, like, it's so awkward for him. He's like the awkward third wheel, but, <laughs> yeah, like, Corrin's not like, going to be there. Oral's like, never like, mind. I, I don't know why on. I missed you at all. I picture this <laughs> in my head being, like, in a high school um, hallway. Like, it's a cafeteria. They're, like, at their lockers about to go to lunch, and... Oral comes up and he's like, hey, the principal wants to see you. And Corrin's like, oh, okay, I'll go. And then his girlfriend has to go with to lunch with somebody, someone else. It's just like, it was super dramatic. And not Marex. his girlfriend, just the girl that he's been flirting with because he right. kind of likes her. But yeah. he doesn't know if he like likes her. Right, right, right. Oh my god, this is such a teen romance. You guys are right. <laughs> is Mirak wearing a poodle skirt in this version? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Yes. Summer loving. Why do we not do that at karaoke? <laughs> well, there's always round two. There's next time. Next time. So, Corin goes to Wedge's office and he already finds Arisi in there. And of course, he judges their looks again, which was infuriating. Oh I'm God. so sick of this. Every time he looks at her, he's like, oh, she's she's prettier than Mirax, but Mirax is nicer. And it's like, can you not, though? Like, can you stop comparing <laughs> these two women who are both, like, strong ladies in their own regard? And sure, maybe they're both pretty, but that's not all that matters. And just, like, put it back in your pants, bro. No. <laughs> hey, remember that time, like, two minutes ago when Saf was, like, giving Corin some credit? All gone. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I gave him some credit and then he did that, and I was like, you know what? This is, yeah, no. <laughs> You're dead to me now, Corin. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, it's. I am so over it, especially the, like, second time through. So, Wedge sets him down, and we find out that Corin and Arisi will be working together on their infiltration into Coruscant. Of course. No one is allowed to know if and when anyone else is being inserted. Uh, or... <laughs> That's what she said. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 Don't anyone from the squad. 
And so not even Wedge will know their identities. And the travel details are all being handled by um, by the Elder Kraken. <laughs> so it's a super secret. No one's going to know. Everyone's going to be dropped onto Coruscant. Good luck. I what think it's really interesting. Like, what a way to be sent. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that we just saw this conversation without seeing the briefing because every other thing that they've done, we've seen like Wedge being briefed by other people to like explain the reasoning for their missions. But now we're mm-hmm. kind of going in blind with Corrin on this one, it seems like. like We have no idea why they're doing this or what the details are, and it's really yeah. odd. Yeah. Yeah, we it's know. a little bit jarring, I guess, because you're like, whoa, I actually know nothing. Because, uh, yeah, this, these books have been pretty good at like showing you most things mm-hmm. to a point but this one's just kind of like this is happening and you don't know why and it's like well, okay good and of luck. course everything is going perfectly with Corn and Mirax so naturally he's being paired up with Erisi for this yeah uh-huh. and they're like going off on a mission together because yeah. drama <laughs> sweet drama their secret mission trash stuck together all day together I love it it's gonna get sexy not in the way that you guys think, though, but <laughs> oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, he's going to find out that she's a spy, and it's going to get dramatic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Never. <laughs> think we have some discussion questions. We do. Um, we're going to skip last week's question because nobody answered it. <laughs> but Heath has really great um, Akbar Photoshop Week pictures up on the account. Yeah, uh, just go to twitter.com slash roguepodron and you'll see lots of fun Akbar photoshops. Um, but for this week's question, if you had to go on a secret mission, which rogue would you want to be paired with? Can I choose a dead rogue? Is it Lujane? It's Lujane. Oh, are you sure you don't <laughs> want to choose the dead Bothan? I mean, I want her to be alive, but I... I... So... Are you going with Lujane's corpse? Or... <laughs> like, can like I go back decision. in time? And while she's still alive? Okay. And instead of like be- her being in that battle, you just take her away? Yeah, I'll go have a picnic with her and she'll live. Wow. Way to alter the course of events. <laughs> I ruined the entire timeline. <laughs> Is that your actual answer, Seth? I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> I, I like the other rogues a lot, but I don't know who I'd actually want to be paired with other them. Like maybe Corin, so I could kick his ass. Right. Wow. That's good. You have a mission so... to accomplish, so kick your partner's ass. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to be with Errol Nub. Yeah. Because she's an awesome pilot, and awesome as we learn in this chapter, Solstons are perky, and I feel like I could use a little optimism on one of these secret missions. Mm. That's good. Good answer, Danny. Thanks. Yes, I <laughs> would not want to be paired with a corpse. I don't want a corpse. I want a living Lou Jane. <laughs> well, it's too late for that. I <laughs> have accepted reality. It's too late. Um, Tycho's too easy of an answer for me, so I'm not going to give that answer. Did you say Tycho's oh. too easy? Don't worry about hey. it. Um, instead, I'm going to say Corin because an extended trip in space with Corin would give me a chance to convince him that Tycho's a good guy. <laughs> so it's still about Tycho. Ah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> That's very smart. Very smart. 
Wow. Yeah. Keith, so unpredictably predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Gavin would be my easy answer. Um, because everyone knows I love him. And I feel like if we got in trouble, um, why can't our Riv would just come and save us. So <laughs> we'd be fine. Uh, but I think... Be like, not my boy space... Gavin! And oh, yeah. I'll save Meg too while I'm here. Right. Um, well, because Gavin would be like, we can't leave her behind. And it'd be fine. <laughs> Aww. And Gavin's a nice guy. He's not a spy. Shut up. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think for real, I would say Noir Ven. Um, oh, that's a good that Because a I good think he choice. can BS his way out of any situation. Yeah. And I just think he'd be really fun to, like, travel with and learn more about. Like, he has endless stories, I bet. Yeah, I can see that. And he's competent at everything, so I'm like, we're good. <laughs> I assume if I'm part of Rogue Squadron, I'm also competent, so... <laughs> Honestly, I kind of, like, Corrin would also be good because I feel like he is a good pilot and he also would not leave me behind if yeah, I he got wouldn't stuck give in up some ever. situation. Yeah. yeah. And if anyone was going to sacrifice themselves and be heroic, it would be him. So I'd be He's fine. He's so used to that. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't have to worry to about die. being that person. <laughs> so ready to die. Corrin Horn. <laughs> it's such an unfortunate tagline for him. I know, but he's so accurate. It's so true. Oh, yeah, this is my job now, isn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> Always has been. I know. I'm so good at my job. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you guys want to be paired with, listeners? Because you can tell us over at, like he said, at Rogue Podron on Twitter. Um, you can also email us at roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. Our website is roguepodron.tumblr.com, which, did you put any of the Akbar things on there, Heath? I, I put one up to, like, say that put... it was happening, but I'll put the rest up. Yeah, so if you want to see um, those Akbar Photoshop Week, go there, because they're amazing. And we can also be found on iTunes at the Far, Far Away Radio feed. Great, so next time... Make sure you read X-Wing Wedges Gamble, chapters 14 through 17. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Pash out, so good. Pash out, so good. So good. I love when everyone's like, what does that even mean? I'm like, show your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny, Meg. And I'm like, you don't listen to Rogue Podger and shut up. (laughs) So I actually like explored the Pash out hashtag. Is there actually a hashtag? Yes, there are a bunch of people who like talk about passing out when drunk, but like purposely misspell it as Pash out. Oh no. Oh, oh no, what have we done? That's that's interesting. Oh, there's one there's a Valentine's ice cream tweet in there. In Pasha. <laughs> yeah, Pasha out. Pasha it's inspired out. by your crush. That's weird. Weird. <laughs> it's very weird. This doesn't make any sense. This is just yeah, this is a weird mix of hashtags. You're right. I'm gonna get huh. out of there. Get out, Seth. It's not safe. (laughs) It's never safe.
Ash wouldn't want you to go there. <laughs> hey, maybe Ash if I made some Valentine's ice cream, he'd be happy. Yeah, I bet he would. Yeah, I feel like when you look at him, you're like, that's not a, a, a guy who enjoys life. But I think he really enjoys life in like really small things. Actually, I forgot he was a character or else. I probably would have seen him for my answer. Ah. I, yes. I totally forgot he existed. <laughs> you said zombie Lou Jane, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You're like, I wouldn't have changed my answer. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have said Corin. <laughs> yeah. I just, I ran with that. Yep. I mean, truly, I would probably live if he came with me. So that's really the best option. It's true. Corin's so ready to die for people. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll get there oh my gosh, we... I, I can't wait to watch the Space Whales. I know, same, I'm so excited. After I write a review for this episode, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so busy this week, I'm going to die. Join the club. I'll write your I'm review awesome for you, but it will mostly just me be going, Space Whales! I have a whales? feeling I my review will be very similar to that. <laughs> whales? Mine would just be like, can I submit an audio review? And it'll just be like 30 minutes of me making whale noises. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, do you want to practice right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. <laughs> um, okay, so Rogue Potter is going to release a special one day of just relaxing whale noises for you yes. to fall asleep by. <laughs> When I worked at the popcorn shop, I like if I didn't feel like listening to music, I would just put on whale noises. Oh, I had a lot of customers being like, "What is this? <laughs> what is going on?" That is amazing. I'm like, it's soothing. I don't know what you're talking about, but that was a really good time to come back. I was making whale <laughs> noises. You have to listen good. to the episode this week, Heath, to hear Meg's whale noises. Oh, okay, okay, gladly. Yeah. yeah. That was like the happy humpback whale noise, but not like the distressed orca whale noise, which is a different noise. Can I imagine that's quite a distressing noise? Will you make that one? (laughs) I'm not feeling distressed right now. (laughs) Meg, you walk apocalypse. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Shut your damn mouth. That is manipulative, Dan. (laughs) My middle name. (laughs) 